Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you today. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you doing? We're going to have a fun program today. You know, that's one of my rules. Have fun. You have to have fun. Some days it's tougher than others. Yeah. (laughs) You know. But anyway, um, since uh, we believe we're contributing a little bit here, a little bit there, then we can say we're having fun because uh, sometimes, uh, you know, if we go out in the garden and try to grow a garden and take care of ourselves by our own means, I don't have much fun there because I'm not that, I can't get enough food to feed me. <laughs> so that's why I think we have to save the country rather than being a survivalist and being thinking I can raise all my food. <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> so, but you have a garden too, and everybody likes a garden, I believe, if and, uh, somebody helps take care of it. Yeah. But today... Uh, I more or less want to dedicate the program you yeah. know, to some people, some individuals, and what's going on. Because we've been dealing with this uh, more than two years, and uh, there's been a lot of misinformations, and there's been a lot of control again, uh, by the people who oppose practically everything we've said for two years. And yet we have been able to find supporters and uh, help us understand in order to pass information along. And they have stood fast. And because there's been so much power and influence and money against us, when you think about the medical industrial complex, yeah. the politicians and, and, and the people who have invested this for, for various reasons, it's, there's a, a lot of people in opposition to what we're doing. So, uh, but today, uh, I, I want to make a point uh, that there were a lot that stood up to it. Yes. I mean, we tried, we did our best, but we weren't the only ones out there. As a matter of fact, we looked toward people who understood it well, and even though I have a little bit of a science background, I needed help to get further understanding about virology and refresh memories on this, and, uh, and yet there were people out there, and uh, I want to at least recognize the category of people. This is not to say that somebody, uh, if I say, you know, there's been some great journalism done out there to re- relieve it, that doesn't mean all the journalists, but there were some journalists yeah. good and some bad, but there were some very good gen- uh, journalists out there. So I wanted to recognize people in in journalism acting like a journalist is supposed to act. And uh, there's several of those. And and they have, uh, to me, it's not a complicated chore. If somebody asks me, I want to be a journalist, what advice would you give me? Tell the truth, seek the truth, and uh, not try to, uh, uh, you know, propagandize and find somebody and then bend it and then talk to the politicians or the money makers to to, uh, bias your opinion. And uh, the politicians certainly, uh, most of the politicians didn't really stand up. But there were some. They constantly stood up, and they, they 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 suffered from it too. There was a penalty, and that was the whole thing about why I want to dedicate uh, the program to this because these are the people who did suffer, suffer consequences. But I still think they ended up with something more valuable yeah. than what they were. Somebody was taken away from because uh, they they ended up with self-respect. That's the word I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I took your speech away. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying when you were saying that, that's what I was oh, thinking. Yeah. Well, you know, there, there were several very good MDs involved and gave credibility, but there were some non-medical MD scientists because a lot of scientists was involved uh, in this process and explaining it to everybody. You know, the one group I sort of, uh, sort of 
I think they deserve praise are the mothers who finally went to the PTA. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that had, had an impact. And uh, I think there are some celebrities, most celebrities folded. Yeah. But there was a lot that stood up against it. Uh, but there's a lot of pressure, financial pressure, especially uh, for, for many. And uh, they, uh, but, but there, there have been some, and of course we've recognized them when we knew about it. There have been some religious leaders that just folded and went along with this. And that's a mixed bag, but it, it usually uh, was that uh, uh, it was rare to find somebody who really understood the issue from a scientific viewpoint and a libertarian viewpoint. But there were, there were some. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm, what I'm thinking now right now are some churches just folded and closed their doors. And there were some churches, and uh, I think you found one, that yeah. they, they didn't close the doors. Yeah. And uh, they didn't fold, and they stood up for their 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 rights uh and uh, you, you know it, there were some that uh, we found that were very knowledgeable not in any spe specific category and um and and they've worked in the uh libertarian camp yeah and we were I've worked in it for a long time, a even before years. you were born. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, the, the, the libertarians. But uh, I guess my disappointment there, I, I praise the ones that st stood fast. But unfortunately, there were a few libertarians that were less libertarian. But maybe that's a benefit. Sort it out. Yeah. You know, if if somebody folds on on an issue like uh, freedom of choice on on what the government's going to put in your body, yeah. uh, I don't think they've learned uh, earned the title of being uh, recognized as a, liber a libertarian. I think there uh, there were some teachers that stood up. But oh, yeah. Boy, that was slim pickings, especially in the government schools. The pressure was much greater. Greater, uh, but then there were private schools and there were homeschooling, and people stood fast on, on all these issues. Same way with law enforcement. We had some people that. Uh, had to stand up. We had some horrors on it. You know, uh, uh, two summers ago, uh, when the cities were burning down, law enforcement wasn't very yeah. much with it. But now we, we hear and know of people that they've stood fast. There were sometimes, uh, you know, there, there was this defund, uh, defund the police, and they, they would stand, they would stand fast. Uh, and some of the uh, people, like in the mayors and, and, uh, of cities and yeah. some governors stood up against it and uh and they deserve credit and a lot of them have received credit for doing this and uh i imagine there's a group of truck drivers that someday <laughs> may go down in history first for standing for firm yes. on, a, on a not too complex issue i have a right to drive my truck you don't have a right to take it away from me and not charge me with any crime so uh they, but so many paid a high price for this, and and, uh, and a lot of people uh, uh, would would do this, uh, you know, on purpose to avoid violence, and, and I can understand that. And we went back and forth on at least not ridiculing people who felt frightened and intimidated, and were up to uh, up to lose a lot. And and one source of information that we got, and we've got it from various, but we uh, we did. Uh, uh, get a lot of uh, reporting as to, as the years went on from Zero Head, yeah, who would uh, do the interviews of some of these people I'm talking about in in these categories. So I would say there's thousands out there, and I uh, and they do need to be recognized and encouraged. But my guess is 
that uh, they, if they stood fast, and now it looks like it's, that whole mess is winding down, I, as much as they suffered through it psychologically, I think they're going to come out of this feeling good about themselves yeah, because they stood on principle. Yeah. And you warned me when we started, when you had this idea, which I think is a great idea, you warned me about naming names, and you're absolutely right. And I just kind of had a <laughs> napkin sketch, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unfortunately um, leave out some of the more important ones, and, uh, and I apologize in advance, but I just started thinking about some of the ones that we've consulted so much over the years, and I just don't think it's a bad idea to name some of them. Alex Berenson, who suffered, as you say, kicked right. off of Twitter for telling the truth. Jordan Schachtel, who's done a tremendous job writing about this. Tom Woods has done great work. Uh, Jeff Tucker has done great work on it. And politicians, Thomas Massey and Senator Paul, have been great. All of the doctors around the Great Barrington Declaration, I mean, they were so far ahead of their time. They took such slings and arrows for, for what they did. Politicians, DeSantis, he's now in the running for president because he had the courage to stand up and say no. Um, Zero Hedge, you point out, all of the, the sheriffs who said we're not going to enforce these ridiculous rules. Uh, the Mises Institute, which is to be expected, uh, they were terrific on it. Dr. Malone, Dr. McCullough, all these doctors who were treated so badly. Uh, and I would say Father Campbell and St. Jude tried my church up in Stafford because, as you point out, they had the courage to not shut down when every other church was shut down. And I just, I'm sad that it's such a that I'm leaving so many out because there are so many great ones that are hit me. As soon as I finish talking in this segment, they'll hit me. But I just wanted to, the ones on the top of my head. Yes, they should, they should be praised and we'll do the best job we can to recognize the people that we have relied yeah, on too, yeah. so to, to uh, uh, allow us to expand our knowledge. But there, this is, has not ended. Yeah, yeah. This is not ended. It's still continuing. And we have a little story here today of a doctor that's been, uh, uh, that has been. And uh, it, she more or less took a, took a public stand at, at her expense. And, uh, and her quote, a South African doctor, well-known and a real expert. And she says, they will not silence me. Yeah. And that sounds like a, an affirmative station. Yeah, yeah. Let's put, on the, let's put on that first clip because she's the one who discovered the Omicron variant. And she, she gave an interview to Germany's Welt and Angelique Kotze is her name. And she says in the interview that she was pressured by European governments, do not reveal that Omicron is more mild. And I think they must have had some political things in mind. We got to crack down further. Look what the Austrians did. As soon as Omicron came, they turned into a <laughs> I won't even say the word, uh, prison camp. Uh, and so she had enormous pressure. And you can imagine what kind of pressure. And she, she affirmed that I'd get, I did not get pressure from South African authorities. But the Europeans came down like a ton of bricks on her, forcing, trying to force her to say, this is serious, this is serious. She said, no, I'm not going to do it. It's profiling courage. Yeah, telling the truth. So strange that it's big news. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. disappointing it, it is. But we hope to work on changing that attitude. But, you know, we do have some uh, evidence here uh, of a shift in attitude. All these people who have suffered uh, the uh, consequence of taking a position, all of a sudden they're not quite as bad people as, as they once were said to be. Yeah. And uh, they're now getting recognition because they're looking to them. Now they want their credibility back. You know, the politicians especially. You know, yeah, the, the lockdown is popular and this is what we have to do. And you're a wimp if you don't lock down. you got to have courage uh, to 
make it safe for uh, everybody's health and take care of everybody. Lock them down, you know, yeah. this sort of thing. But now some of these uh, uh, same people are looking to, uh, you know, defending themselves and latching on to those people that were telling the truth all along. Uh, so it's, uh, it's good that this can happen. And I hope that momentum continues because that's important. This can't last. And, you know, truth, truth does win out. It might, it might be slow and tedious and annoying and people might not all recover, you know, financially from this. But right now, respect is being recovered by those people who have taken a strong position on using what they believe was the truth and, and, and good science. And I like this move. Yeah, and we're, we're talking about this article that was on the substack of Quoth the Raven. I think you were in, interviewed by them not long ago. Right, right. It's a good, mostly financial. We saw it through Zero Hedge, but a lot of pretty intelligent commentary on there. The article is titled, The Great COVID Pivot of 2022. Natural immunity and other conspiracy theories have <laughs> magically become fact-checked mainstream narrative. And we've kind of been beating this horse for a couple of days now about how the narrative has changed and all the things that you could get canceled for just a few weeks ago, literally, are now except like, you didn't know that, you know, you didn't know that natural immunity is a thing, uh, saying to us. So it's a, it's, a, it's a very good article and we recommend it. And here are a couple things from it. And this is, um, we've talked about Dr. Wen and how she, go, she went from lock your kids inside, put on three masks if you're going to go out for New Year's, to let's put up this next uh, clip if we can. Uh, here she is now. The science has changed. <laughs> Dr. Lena Wen explains why she supports lifting some pandemic restrictions, and she thinks the decision to wear a mask should shift from the government mandate to individual choice. She was the most hysterical lockdowner of all, one of the top, and now she's magically turned on a dime. And here's the other one that he has in the article, and this is really interesting because this next one was a FOIA, from a FOIA request, and this is Dr. Fauci back in March of 2020. Dr. Fauci, March of 2020, talking about COVID. You would assume that there would be substantial immunity post-infection. He recognized in March that natural immunity was the thing that would defeat COVID. But then he went for almost two years, I'll use the word lying, and pretending he didn't hear anything. And you know who busted him was Senator Paul, busted him for lying. And put up this next clip. It is from the same article, but it's an extensive quote from Senator Paul from a while ago. But he said, uh, I'll just read the first part. Hey, this guy Fauci has an opinion on baseball, hockey, Tinder, and Christmas. But he was asked the other day about natural immunity that you acquire after the disease, COVID-19. And he's like, oh, that's a really interesting thought. I never thought about that. I don't have an opinion because I haven't thought about naturally acquired immunity. And then Senator Paul says, he has, and he's lying to you. And now we know that he has because we've seen the email from the very beginning where he said, yeah, it should be, not be a problem. We should have natural immunity. So the question is now that all of these conspiracy theories are facts. What's going to happen to the Fauci's of the world who lied for two years? They're going to fade away, but it might take 20 or 30 more years for Fauci. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he has a special pill. He's going to be around. Be, but anyway, must. truth will win in the end. But, you know, when, when this stuff broke and, and what you're talking about there, I keep thinking, well, you know, uh, it's magical that all of a sudden they're gaining wisdom. 
and they really canceled out uh, the, the first class 101 on infectious diseases. And it looks like they've rediscovered it because I, I know that most of the doctors I know and have known over the years never had this idea. Most of the people, it wasn't discussed. Yeah. But th this was the greatest crime that they put the dampers on this, the government was so involved in special interest and financial interest that they had the power and influence to silence a doctor, yeah. you know, to say something very natural. That, that was the part that was so, so disgusting uh, to me because uh, it is, it's 101. It's been known for a long time. I mean, even before, uh, you know, even back with smallpox and yeah. all, they didn't understand exactly what happened. But the only thing they could rely on was the concept of natural immunity, you know, and sometimes it was a, a cross, you know, even smallpox was, you, you know, discovered by cowpox, yeah, you know, yeah. because it was similar and it was a cross reaction. And that was basic, but it, uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't like they had all these billions of dollars for drug companies to make yeah. make these fancy drugs but then get control of the scenario get control of the propaganda get control of the political system get control of the hospitals the whole thing and uh, even there's a, a social factor in ad admitting uh, young people to medical schools and uh, the big issue when uh, I started in the medical school that they were asking a lot of questions what's your opinion on right to life do you believe in protecting yeah. all life oh well, well we don't need you uh, that was happening and it's still happening now on these because if physicians don't support uh, you, you know climate change uh, and that's a f factor that uh, that is worked into both medicine and financial investment yeah. and what the fed that uh, you got to endorse these social issues but that's why this this type of news is very good that uh, they they rediscovered uh, infectious diseases 101 and there is something like Natural immunity. Yeah. Wow, boy, I've been worried about that. That maybe they canceled it. <laughs> yeah. Well, added to the hall of shame, and we won't really go down this dark path because it probably would be too long. You must include the social media because, in the name of fighting misinformation, they played a shameful, shameful role in enforcing government misinformation. If you dared put something on your Twitter or your Facebook or whatever about natural immunity, you were canceled. You were suspended. You were got you're done away with. Berenson himself was kicked off of Twitter for saying these vaccines are at best a therapeutic. They don't seem to be preventing the disease, something that we know is a fact because they've told us now. So the social media has played a very, very noble role in silencing people. You know, when it first came out, we were praising it so much because it enabled the small guy, and especially, you know, like the Ron Paul Institute when we started out, we, did, we couldn't afford to, you know, have, you know, TV time. So we use social media to expand right. our influence, and it worked really well. Now we see the other side of that coin, and that's very, very dangerous. I hope people will keep that in mind. And we have to remember, there's still, a po you know, the availability of competition. Yeah. And we're starting to see that. People Good are going to uh, make available to us and others, you know, competitive websites that can compete with the big guys. But that, that has a ways to go. But the technology is, is out there. I've always been optimistic because I think that the technology and the, the, the internet is so big that even uh, even one in individual, Mark Zuckerberg, he, yeah. he can, it looks like he might have run into a little problem himself right yeah. now. So, but I, 
what happens there, we don't know. But uh, no, I think that uh, the, the point about the power and the control and the money that has gone through. And the other thing is, is I have come to the conclusion this uh, <clears throat> this uh, uh, control of speech yeah. is done. Uh, and so, oh, well, this is a private company. Uh, no, these social networks. They're partners with the government, yeah. and, uh, the, and and of course, big business becomes partners with the government too, because they're all dependent on finances and the Federal Reserve and all these other things. So they do what the government wants, and then they say, "Oh no, it's it's not us. It's either your state officials or it's a, uh, your companies. Your companies come and say you have to wear the mask." Yeah. And unfortunately, that's that's we I don't think we even commented on heroic business people. yeah, yeah I, it is interesting true. that uh, be, I'm sure there's some out there yeah. but uh, we, we're not impressed with it uh, I guess we need uh, Anne Rand every once in a while yeah well I, I, you caught me on the spot so I'm forgetting your name but the woman up in Dallas who refused to close her salon and, and they threw her in jail Abbott threw her in jail <laughs> and she's running for office now it's going to catch I'm going to remember it as soon as I stop talking. But anyway, we'll move on to another one because here's another sign of the times. Let's put up this next clip. This is from Politico. And this is pretty astounding to see, but I guess, you know, everything is astounding these days. If we can put up that next clip um, from Politico. Biden officials trying to recalculate U.S. COVID-19 hospitalizations. I don't know if this is following the science or following the politics, but let's do the next clip. And here's a quote from the article that I think is the important quote, if we can do that. They are asking hospitals to report the numbers of patients who go to the facility because they have COVID-19 and separate those from individuals who go in for other reasons and test positive after being admitted. <clears throat> so two years into this disease, they finally just gotten the idea, hey, maybe COVID cases are just people that came here with COVID. And I think obviously there's a political element here because they want to make the hospitals go down for COVID because they want to be able to say, see, Biden worked. He got tough on the virus and it worked. Yeah, but, but they were so blunt in being dishonest. Yeah. You know, if if it meant something would help for a week or two to promote the vaccines, they would they, they would do it. Oh, look at the look at the skyrocketing diseases, how many people died. Yeah. And they, they give vaccines out for two weeks and say, oh, look, they're crashing. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, the stats are unreliable. Big governments only survive because they tell lies. And in, fi in the finances, they do it all the time. And uh, people people do this and, they, and they, they figure that if the government tells you so, but the stats are there and now they're still doing this. So we haven't won this battle yet, but uh, I think that will come naturally if people are questioning all this information, all these stats now, you, you know, it didn't mean it's not the stats aren't important. Yeah. <laughs> you have to have them honest. They have to be, yeah, yeah not that's manipulated. That's why you want, you want uh, honest people in journalism. You want honest honest people in the uh, research. But uh, that because it's become a monopoly and a controlled by the CDC and, and Fauci, uh, you, you know, they can say anything they want to make it do anything it wants. So that that, uh, that combination of, uh, of, of control has been very dangerous yeah. to us. They can manipulate them if they want more and manipulate them if they want less. Right. And I have to say, lest people view us as being unfair uh, to Biden, 
Trump deserves a lot of guilt. He did virtually nothing to protect Americans for that whole year in COVID. In fact, he had people who he knew were bad people, uh, and he still let them go. So he deserves plenty of blame for this as well. So, and, and, and just before we move on, I just wanted to show a, a new chart on presidential popularity because we're asking, well, why all of a sudden does Biden want to declare victory on COVID? Well, let's have a look at this next poll, uh, this next clip, because it does not look good for the president. This is why the, the, the blue state governors are running as fast as they can. His approval rate now is 40.0. I've seen one that says 39. His disapproval rate uh, has increased 13.8 points. The latest poll, if I were a Democrat running for the House or running for governor, I would look at this pool and I, poll and I would have an absolute panic attack. I think that's why we're seeing California uh, and Oregon. Okay, before they put that down, can, can, you, point out can, where those lines, up, can you point out where that line crossed? Yeah, it looks like it That is a dramatic it chart. Is, it is dramatic, yeah. It's where the, uh, the positives and the negatives crossed. I mean, I'm talking about months or years. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah, huh? it, looks, it looks like it was cut off on the bottom. But the latest poll shows the disapproval extremely high and the approval even, even lower than it has been. I'll have to go back. Yeah, well, because I think this is symbolic of the people waking up. Yeah. Is what's yeah, here. And, yeah. and you can and see it. And the bottom line is politics. Yeah, politics <laughs> so. is a big deal. So, <coughs> well, let's move to the next one because this is, I sent this to you yesterday and you got a kick out of it. So let's put on that next clip. And uh, San Francisco, my old yes, town. Yes, uh, San Francisco. They're in the news again. And uh, I have not been to San Francisco a whole lot, but enough. Going yeah. there for conference and the thing, and I always liked it. Yeah. You know, uh, trolley cars were interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the atmosphere was interesting, and uh, the city, from the, my viewpoint, was pretty, and the bay was pretty, yeah. and all. But uh, then, when I've seen these pictures in the last year or so, since uh, the consequence of uh, far leftists running the city, yeah. uh, all of a sudden we saw it, and it was the total total deterioration of the city. When they when they started showing these the street people in San Francisco, oh, yeah. this can't be. We, that's third world nation yeah. stuff. So that's been very very disappointing. And uh, we uh, San Francisco though starting to back off from it. Yeah, so yeah. Of the, all places. <laughs> yeah. So so this to me is very interesting. But what really got my attention was. Uh, you, you know, the bleeding hearts are still there. And uh, uh, bleeding hearts, is a, you have to be careful and use it because because uh, I do believe in compassion. Yes. I don't believe that compassion should be the number one driving force of all political action because it's misled. Yeah. But, but to care about people, matter of fact, I think a free society never will work well if you don't have compassionate and moral people who are willing to take care of their families and take care of people in need. Well, uh, which, which means that uh, the system that we have has not been taking care of people. We have a monetary system that hurts the poor, and we have all this do-good stuff, say, in, in, San, in San Francisco and all. Uh, they've, been taking care, they've been taking care of the homeless for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and the more they took care of them, the more they subsidized, the more homeless they had. So now this is the suggestion. And uh, it says, homelessness in San Francisco Bay Area is now so bad, residents are being asked to house a homeless person in their own home. <laughs> and I thought, 
Well, I, I wonder if Pelosi will participate. Do you, do you think she will? Oh, come on, she needs to. <laughs> Show some so, compassion. <laughs> but, but, you know, in one way, it's already happened. Uh, it's the invisible uh, in, in, uh, involvement in our homes. Well, they've they invaded our homes with COVID. Yeah. They tell us you have to wear a mask in your house yeah. and all that stuff. You can't leave your house. You have to... Uh, uh, you, you know, stay in your house and uh, uh, waiting for the government to give you the okay signal uh, to get out. But uh, this this whole thing is uh, right now. I don't think it is not forced. They said being asked to. But the more authoritarian <laughs> you get, the more force you'll need, and you will see it. But they already have it. And the tragedy is, is uh, all that money spent on trying to find homes for the homeless. Uh, you say, well, that's what we can pay for that. Tax the rich. A lot of rich people in California yeah. still. Yeah. But it doesn't work that way. The, the very rich in California have known how to not pay their full share or whatever their share is <laughs> theoretically. Yeah, theoretically. They, so they, they, they do this. But how do they pay for this? Well, they pay for it through debt. And they send it out there. They send government agents to go in and collect taxes. <clears throat> so they invade the house, and then they give them uh, free houses, government housing. It doesn't look so good, so uh, and they're not taken care of. So a tent on a street becomes <laughs> better than looking for government housing, and depending on government. But who's paying? Who's paying the bill? Yeah. The middle class. The middle class. And today we heard the numbers. Uh, you know, price inflation is soaring. And I think it's the beginning of the 1970s all over again. This is going to last for years. And it's going to hit the poor and the middle class, the very group that said, government, take care of us, build us more houses, spend more money, deficits don't matter. And uh, until we are able to undo that bad economic theory, and you know, uh, Biden had some comments today about uh, in inflation, <laughs> which I'm going to make some comments probably on my economic segment yeah. on Friday, yeah. because it makes no sense whatsoever. But he was really talking I mean, politically, he was saying something that uh, that he's inherited, and that's what most of the politicians say anyway. Well, we'll take care of it. We need to spend more money. Yeah. <laughs> well, put that clip up again. I'm going to close, Dr. Paul, but I just want to read that clip, uh, second to last one. This is London Breed, the mayor of San Francisco. And I think when you lose San Francisco, Dr. Paul, you've lost the country if you are a blue, <laughs> die-hard COVID fanatic. She says, starting February 16th in San Francisco, vaccinated people will no longer be required to wear masks in most indoor settings, including restaurants, bars, gyms, grocery stores, offices, museums, and other locations. The unvaccinated will still be required to wear masks indoors. There's no way they're going to know that. That's what they did here in Texas first. And nobody's going nobody's to check that. So it's over in San Francisco of all places. So I think it's time to do an RIP for that. But I'm going to close just by saying... We're about 2,000 subscribers away from a third of a million subscribers on this channel. So check and see if you're subscribed. If you're not, please do subscribe. Uh, if you can get others to subscribe, we certainly appreciate it. We want to grow uh, the message of freedom and liberty uh, and peace uh, as, as far and wide as we can. And it's tough. As you know, we've got a lot of subscribers, but for some reason, we don't get as many views on our shows as others with as many subscribers. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it does make you wonder. Anyway, please check and see if you're subscribed. If you're not, please subscribe. Please do a thumbs up. And we appreciate you watching the show, and we appreciate your support for our program. Very Dr. Good. Paul?
I want to thank everybody once again for tuning in to the Liberty Report. And uh, I had a little more fun than usual with this program today, mainly because there's a lot of positive things happening here. And I enjoyed pointing out the various groups and the, uh, you know, the groups that have participated in shifting in a different direction back to normalcy and putting emphasis on truth. And there was always somebody in some group. There was always a remnant of people, no matter what group there was in society, always has a remnant who will uh, retain and promote the truth of things. And it's a difficult time and has been more difficult for, for the United States and America and the West in these last couple of years. But uh, we sense there's a shift here. And Daniel mentioned some names, and, and once again, he made the point that, uh, and this is good news, is that the list is very long where we want to point out people who stood up against it. And they're, they're, they're a silent group who went and did it because they knew it was right. And I've always predicted that if you do that, no matter how much it seems to have cost an individual financially, I think the pay, the satisfaction of knowing you did what was right and you're sticking to the truth and you're not being influenced by government pressure and you're not being influenced by some self-serving interest, uh, people will and should feel good about it. And we are going to continue our effort to promote that cause of liberty that I believe will promote our peace and prosperity in the best manner possible. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.